This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review, speaking with Ron Cottrell, head coach of Houston Baptist University men's basketball. Coach, first off, thank you for your time. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing pretty good. How long have you been coaching at HBU? Uh, this will be my 29th season, I believe. Um, started back in 1990 and was hired and resurrected the program and actually started competing in 1991. Um, so it's been a, a, a long and, and enjoyable stretch here, that's for sure. And doing it for 20, going into 29 years, What's your reasons? What's your why to continue coaching? Oh, I, I just love doing what I do. I, I don't feel like I'm uh, I really am, am working a job. I feel like I'm doing things that I'm passionate about, which is uh, working with young men and, and watching them grow and, and seeing them develop uh, as they go through their college years, some of the most formative years of their life, and and uh, and then enjoy you know just the the sport of basketball and coaching it and and being associated with a a, a university like this that there really is a a special place uh, you know high academic uh, Christian school in the middle of Houston uh, all the things that that offers and, and affords us to be able to do is, is just makes this. Uh, a terrific place to coach and, and an enjoyable place to continue to do what I'm what I'm doing. And in those years, take it two different ways. Briefly, how have how has Houston changed in all that time? And then next, how has HBU changed in that in that time? Well, obviously, Houston and HBU both have continued to grow um, and and population, but also I think the the city. Uh, from a basketball point of view, has matured quite a bit. I mean, you, if you look at the the coaching, the talent, uh, the number of of D1 level, high level players uh, that have that have started coming out of Houston in the last 10 years, let's say, is dramatically different than it was, you know, the first say 10 years that I was here. Um, and and so I think you see. A city that is that is multicultural, obviously, um, and and brings people from all over the world in, and and really uh, basketball ties them together in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, obviously, being in the state of Texas and and in the United States, football is a is a big big sport and big draw. But around the world, basketball really is is something that people play all over the world, and and so but the fact that we are multicultural as a city. I think basketball really is a is a tying, uh, a, you know, tying entity uh, to a lot of different cultures. Uh, we as a university, you know, I think we're the sixth most diverse university in the country. I think that very much reflects who who we are around us, who our community is, and and uh, and so it's neat to be on a campus like that that celebrates uh, the diversity and and the multicultural. Um, environment of Houston in general and so it's a it's a neat place to work it's uh it's ever changing the school's growing like crazy and and building buildings and all kinds of things going on on campus and so it's a fun time to continue to work here I was interviewing uh coach Gary Blair a few days ago from Texas A&M's coach and Mm -hmm. he had a different perspective and, and what he said made sense I want to ask it to you as well People underestimate how much 
of a basketball state Texas is. Obviously, it's known as a football state. But when you really think about it, Texas from NBA college has more championships in basketball than it does in football. What are your thoughts yeah, on I think, that? You know, one thing is is just the, the sheer size and numbers of universities that are that are in the state makes it uh, you know a situation where you can you can have um, you know I don't know a, a, a diversity and, and, a, and an interest in basketball that you wouldn't have um, maybe in smaller states. Um, and so I think it's uh, it's it's a neat place to to coach because of that, and and I do think that basketball has grown dramatically in the interest level in the state. There's no doubt about that. I think you can probably track that back to some degree to the Rockets of '94-'95, um, winning the world championship and and doing it with Akeem and you know and and a, and a, a very uh, a terrific group of guys guys that really connected with the the city and I think that in a lot of ways kind of spurs everything rolls downhill you know and starts with NBA and kind of rolls to the colleges and the high schools and and I think that really started the interest level peaking uh in the in the state and in the city certainly uh and and having guys wanting to be you know the next Charles Barkley the next you know Clyde Drexler or whatever and and I think you know that's that started the the trend towards basketball being uh very important in our state no doubt that football's still a huge part of who the, who the state is and uh but basketball certainly is is a, has has gotten a very big niche in the state as well coach give me a summary of the 2017-2018 season for you guys? It was an interesting year. We we started out with, with certainly high hopes, as I think everyone does with their program. We, had, we were coming off of a year where we finished second in the league uh, at one game from winning the conference championship, but we had five seniors that, that played a huge role in that team, uh, and they were all gone at that point. Uh, and so you come into the, to last year with a, a very young, very new crop of, of guys and, and really just two guys who had played significant minutes in that team the year before in Braxton Bonds and, and Josh Ibarra. Um, so you, you go into the year with, with your point guard and your post kind of set, knowing those are going to be, you, you know, the, the cornerstones of, of the lineup and everybody's going to be kind of building around those guys. We brought in a really talented group of, of freshmen um, and really we're starting to see strides and really seeing things kind of start developing. And Josh got injured uh, nine games into the year and was out for the rest of the year. And that kind of changed the focus of the team and, and certainly uh, took us a little while to kind of get our feet back under us. Um, Ed Hart came in and, 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 and at first was filling in for Josh as the backup post thrown into the starting spot. And then it, at some point in that time, uh, probably 10 games into the, uh, go, to go in the season, he certainly started to own the position and and realized it was his and, and really started stepping up. And I think that that you saw us change as a, as a team as that happened and as those young guys got more and more experience. We were 
you know, we didn't win nearly as many games as we obviously would like to, but we were in a lot of games and, and saw guys grow and saw them understand how to compete in the Southland Conference through being thrown into the fire and, and really having to get out there and get it done and not sit on the bench and watch guys get it done. And, and, uh, and so it was very much a developmental year for us. Um, certainly as, you know, any coach, uh, you know, when you win six ball games, you're not very happy with that. But, but I think it was a year that, that given the circumstances, we grew and became a better program going into this year. And then what's, what's the roster breakdown for this year's squad? Well, uh, you've got four, you've got four seniors, uh, all of which are going to be important to, to who we are. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're going to be guys who are going to really be counted on, uh, to really play major minutes for us. Uh, we've got two juniors. Um, one is a transfer, uh, from junior college out in, uh, Casper College in, in uh, Wyoming. Uh, and then Jalen Gates is a returner for us. Uh, and then we've got, uh, what, three sophomores, four sophomores, uh, those freshman guys who, who came in and, and, and uh, played a lot of minutes for us last year. Um, and then we've got three freshmen that we all think, think can, all can help us a little bit. Um, and uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a good mix. Uh, I think it's a very balanced team. Um, we've got one young man who transferred from Mount St. Mary's who's going to be sitting out this year. Uh, this is the last year in which you, you got to go through that process with the NSA of, of transferring from one D1 to the other and having to sit out a year. Uh, but uh, he's a 6'10 post guy that works out about having in the program and let him develop a little bit behind Josh and Ed and, and uh, then be able to step in and play two years for us. So it's a, it's a good mix of guys. Uh, very excited about uh, how they come in. And, and, you know, second half of summer we had them all together and, and working out and going to class. And, and they've, they've meshed together really well. And, and so the fall, fall workouts have been very productive for us and, and getting ready for the year to kick off. You, you, a few minutes ago you mentioned that Josh – missed the majority of last season mm-hmm. is he healthy for this season yeah he's uh he's back and going and and anytime you have a guy of his size i mean he's 6 11 260 270ish big body uh you're going to have to continue to work with him to keep him in shape and and really uh stay on top of what he eats and and how he works out and and Josh has battled uh, weight issues throughout his life and, and really has done a great job in the last three years of, of being able to trim down and firm up things and, and, uh, you know, but he still had little nagging issues, injuries here and there, but he's certainly, uh, excited about his senior year. There's no doubt about that. The fact he's got another year coming back is, is great for our program, no doubt. And I think it's going to be good for him as well. And does he still have the, uh, great footwork? Oh, he, he has terrific footwork, and he has, if not the best hands of a of a big guy uh, that I've ever coached, the second best. The only other one that I think even comes close to rivaling him is Oliver Miller, uh, as far as just terrific hands and IQ and eyesight. That they, they are very much alike in that regard. It's it's interesting. It's ironic you thought of the big oak because that's who I was. <laughs> That's who I was thinking of as well. Thinking about Josh yeah. and his hands and his feet. So 
That's that yeah, lets listeners yeah, know I mean, how good Josh there's is. There's a lot of times in which I think of, of Oliver and Oliver and I stay in touch and, and talk quite a bit. He lives up in Fort Worth area and and uh and, and Josh has the ability to be every bit as good, if not better, because he, he is able to control his weight a little bit better than Oliver was able to and but he's got a lot of the same talents, a lot of the uh same God given skills and 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 he works hard at it. What are your thoughts on the transfer rule, the new transfer rule. Uh, you know, I, I'm I have second thoughts about it on both sides. I think certainly we live in an, in an age in a day in which people want to are more transient than they've ever been in their lives, and and more thought of of being able to go in and, and making an immediate impact somewhere and not have to sit, not have to wait on things to happen. And so I think it's probably uh, a natural progression uh, in the rules. Uh, but I, d I don't know that it's going to be good for our sport just because you're going to see even more of guys moving around and doing different things. And um, it's, it's going to be an interesting, you know, two or three years to kind of see how this thing shakes out. Uh, you know, we were already a sport that had – you know, six, seven hundred transfers in a given year. I think you're going to see that number continue to climb, and and it's going to be, uh, you know, it's not like the old days where you go somewhere and and you and you sit behind somebody for two years or whatever and play your junior and senior year and call it a a terrific career and and uh, and enjoy the fact you you got a college experience at a at a, at a terrific university, uh, it's certainly a, a different age of of where to, where can I go and where can I plug in and making an immediate impact. And if it's not happening there, we're going to look and do something elsewhere. And, and so I, I think it's unfortunate in a lot of ways, but I think it's a reflection of where we are as a society. Let's talk about this year's schedule. Once again, the Huskies have a challenging schedule. First. <laughs> My first question to you is, how do you, what are the steps in putting together your non-conference schedule? Oh, it, 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 there's a lot of interesting things that have to happen. Uh, you, you want to play some so-called name schools um, for a variety of reasons. I think it's great for recruiting. It's great for exposure for the university. It's great for the pocketbook in some ways. Um I think it it challenges your current team. It, it makes them step up and 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 play in tough environments and gets them prepared for uh, conference play. So that's that's an important piece of of scheduling. Uh, and then you want some home and homes that 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 you can you can go on the road and be challenged in 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 situations like what you're going to face in in conference play, uh, but also get some home games that are like that as well. And and so we you know we probably are on the edge a little bit as far as recruiting or, or scheduling in, in a in a tougher manner than than many. Uh, but we want to see where we are and, and prepare ourselves so that when we get to conference play, we know what we have and we know our guys have been challenged. And they've been thrown to into tough situations and and hopefully grown from that and prepared themselves for for Southland play. Yeah, your schedule is not quite Mike Davis esque at TSU because you do have. <laughs> some games inside sharp gym but you do have some right. some challenging opponents and the first on the schedule is your at arizona so mm -hmm. just 
overall, uh, give me a breakdown of your non-conference opponents for this well, year. Well, you got Arizona to start out with, and, and, and obviously, you know, Sean does a terrific job there, and they're going to be athletic and, and really hard-nosed defensively, and that's going to be a you know a really tough challenge for us uh, right out of the gate. And, and, you know, we're going to have to be prepared for a uh, really, really athletic, really deep team. And then we've got Fordham coming here. It's the beginning of a home-and-home home series. We'll, they're coming here this year, and then we'll re- be returning the game to them. Uh, one of those games I talked about that I think it's good to get us a, a game in sharp against a team that is going to be uh, a tough opponent. And and uh, so we're you know we're excited about the beginning of that series. Then we go to Wisconsin. Another you know we we've had a history of playing uh, Big Ten opponents in the last few years. We played Indiana. We played Michigan several times. We played Michigan State. You know we we enjoy playing uh, Big Ten type teams. I think that's a, a good physical brand of basketball that, that we enjoy. And then the Wake Forest game obviously is, is a game that gives us an opportunity to get some of these North Carolina guys back um, closer to home and let, let family see them and, and, and friends and everything uh, get a chance to see them. And UTSA, uh, you know, is the second half of a, of a home and home. We went there last year and returning the game this year to us. And, and then Louisiana Tech is a, is a really good regional game for us. Um, uh, to be able to go up there, Rustin, very, it'll be very much like a, a conference game in the travel and, and just kind of how we, how we go about things. Obviously, there'll be a terrific test for us. Uh, Texas State is, is, we're going to their place. They were here last year and, uh, we've got a couple of non-conference or non-division one games thrown in there. And then we got Sanford, which is a, uh, beginning of another, home and home we go there this year they'll return next year and then we got miami uh down in in coral gables back uh or right before christmas and right before we get into conference play and so it's a it's a terrific schedule i mean we aren't backing away from anybody but i think it really is a good mix for us you, you mentioned playing at wake i glanced at your roster and it looks like you got four guys from north carolina the state of north carolina well, yeah, we've got four that that lived there, five who went to school there. Uh, you, you got Ian DeBose and Phil McKenzie's from the Bahamas, but went to Cannon School, who's which is in North Carolina. Um, so you got those two. You got Quan Murphy, who's a freshman. Uh, you've got Ben uh, Uloco, uh, who is from a freshman from there as well. And then you've got Oliver Lynch Daniels. So there's really five. Um, and Oliver's from Chapel Hill, even though he went to Oak Hill, uh, right across the border. So I got to ask, Coach, you're, this is mm-hmm. HBU's in Houston. You just mm-hmm. said five guys in Carolina. How does mm-hmm. that how does that connection with Carolina develop to get you players to come to Houston? And uh, HBU? You know, there is nothing. It's kind of an interesting deal. There's nothing in which you would say, well, I've got an assistant from North Carolina and we, we had some inroads there. And, and, you know, that's kind of how some of those things happen a lot of times. It was just us seeing some kids that we really liked about four or five years ago and, uh, and started recruiting and, and got in. And, and those guys were interested in, in possibly going out of state and, and going somewhere where they could go in and make a contribution immediately to a program. And, and then those guys pique the interest of other guys. And, and then we started to get to know the state better and, and the coaches in the state better. And, and we're able to kind of develop 
some good relationships and and uh it's it's been it's been good for us. I mean, as you know, state of North Carolina is is a basketball crazy state, and and uh, and so it's uh, it's been a good connection for us uh, outside of the city. Obviously, Houston's still important to us, and we still spend a lot of time uh, here in the city and 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 watching guys and recruiting guys locally, and and even you know around the state as well. I've been around the state quite a bit this fall, and and uh, and and looking at guys and, and seeing their interest level and could possibly come into HBU and it's uh recruiting's not an exact science. It just kinda things happen sometimes and, and as long as you work hard and you're and you're intentional about what you're doing, uh it usually works out for you. But uh this was something that we hadn't planned. It just kinda worked out. We've we kinda get a similar deal in Arizona. We we've had several guys from Arizona over the years. Uh that one was a little bit more intentional and in that Judd Kenny, uh one of my main recruiters on my staff, had, had come from Central Arizona Junior College and, and so had some really good connections out there and we were able to kinda continue those and, and bring in some guys. But you know how recruiting is. You never know how it's gonna work out. HBU is is not uh, what is it? A Power Five program, so it doesn't have a Power Five budget. How does your budget limit or determine your recruiting trips? So, you know where you go, what tournaments you attend, things of that sort. Well, I think it to some degree all ties together with with what we talked about a while ago with our scheduling. I mean it. You know, when you're playing some of the the bigger name schools, obviously there's money involved in that, and that's able to supplement our budget and put us in a position to be able to go and do some of the recruiting things that we do uh, that maybe we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And so it's a uh, it's a very delicate balance of of taking you know what your your university budget is, raising money through different avenues, uh, and being able to to fund your program and be able to, to do things. Um, in a first-class manner as a Division One program, uh, with limited resources and to some degree, and uh, I'll have to say this right up front: we have an administration that is terrifically supportive. Um, our our president, you couldn't ask for a better president uh, for us because he understands the importance of athletics and and what it means to the university and the growth of the university, and he understands that to be able to do it in the right way, it takes money, and and so. He's been very supportive of us uh, doing things. Certainly, we, as I said, we have some limitations, but but we uh, we are able to to do what we need to do to be able to be successful, and and that's uh, it's great to be able to have an administration like that, and board of trustees, and athletic director, and everybody working together to to try to make you successful. Who is the, in your opinion, who is the who is the team or the teams the favorite teams in the Southland this year? Well, you know, I think if you if you look at who's returning uh on every team's roster and kind of how everybody uh finished last year and and all the different things, I think there's no doubt that that Stephen F. Austin is going to be the team that everybody's going to be continuing to to look at uh, even though they didn't win the regular season last year, they won the the tournament um, and obviously have been a power in the in the league for the last well as long as we've been in the league really and and so that's that's the program I think we're all are going to be still shooting for, especially considering who they have coming back on their roster. And then there's any number of people 
that you could plug into the two, three, four spot. Um, you know, I think Lamar has a lot returning. I think they've got a chance to be really, really good. I think Central Arkansas uh, has a chance to be really good. Abilene Christian has a chance to be really good. Um, you know, then you've got, you know, Corpus Christi's got a lot of new players, but the a very high talent level of who, who they brought in. Carnet Ward, uh, McNeese, uh, and Nichols all have new coaches, so you don't know what to expect from them. Um, you know, but you know, and, and you know, New Orleans is going to be hard nosed, tough defense, going to play uh, extremely physical, and and uh, is going to you know going to be in the mix along the way. So it's going to be an interesting race to see kind of how things uh, pan out. But I, you know, I think it could go a lot of different ways with people that you think are going to finish second, third, or fourth. And they may may finish ninth, tenth, eleventh. And vice versa, you know, people going in the season, you didn't know much about them because they have a, you know, a lot of people in the new people in the roster, like a Sam, who's going to have a lot of new guys. But you know that, that Coach Hooten is going to bring in high level of talent, and and all of a, and all of a sudden he's you know he's up at the top of the league, and and so it's uh, it's an interesting league. It's a fun league to coach in. Is the Southland, and I'm not sure of this, so is the Southland one of the conferences? that has like a flex schedule now at the end of the year? No, we do not. We, we, I know there's some, some that have started doing that. Uh, we have not, we're still playing 18 games. It's an interesting schedule in that, you know, there's, there's 13, uh, schools that play basketball, uh, and we play an 18 game schedule. So obviously there's not enough spots there for everybody to play everybody home and home. Um, and it's not split into divisions. It's everybody is all in one division. So it's it's what we would call an unbalanced schedule. Um, you 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 play some people home and home, and you say you play some people one time, and and it flips the next year. If you played them at home, then you're gonna go their place the next year, and and uh, and then after two years, it it jumbles up again, and who you're playing home and home, and who you're playing one time, and so it's. It's a tough schedule in 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 my in my view at least to to figure out who's going to finish where because you don't know how tough the schedule is they're playing against if that makes sense it's mm-hmm. it's it's not everybody playing everybody the, the same number of times and so you know who the champion is at the end and you know who the eighth place team is in the league uh, I think that's unfortunate that we only take eight schools to our conference tournament because uh, you don't know if the eighth place team is really the eighth place team or they may have played the hardest schedule uh, in the conference that year based on what, how things kind of shook out. And they may actually be a lot better than eighth. And there may be somebody that finished 10th that's a lot better than what they are. And they're out of the tournament, even though the, they're a really good ball club. So, um, you know, when you're playing an unbound schedule, in my opinion, at least, and I fought for this with the conference that we should be taking more people to our conference tournament. Uh, if you're go- if you're going to play an unbalanced schedule, well, has there been any discussion of changes? Oh, there's been a lot of discussion. <laughs> any anything coming up coming soon down the pipeline that that's going to change? I don't know. I mean, it obviously, it's discussed every year at our meetings, and and there's there's give and take on it. Um, you know, I think the coaches are in support of it. I think coaches want to give every kid an opportunity to to participate in postseason that can. Uh, I will say this: I think we're going uh, we're going to a 20 game schedule next year, uh, so we at least get two more games uh, to balance out the schedule a little bit more. So you're going to play 
two of those opponents that you were playing once, you're now going to play twice. So it's getting closer to being a balanced schedule. Um, and I think that's good if we're going to continue to play an 18 conference schedule. The more balanced you can make the schedule, the the better, the more fair it is, so to speak. And and uh, but I still think you know we're, we're a league. Uh, last time I checked, and I don't know if this is still true, but last time I checked, it, there was only us and and the Ivy League that took that few of teams to their postseason uh, tournament. Hmm. And so, you know, I would I would much rather see us uh, expand our tournament and give more more young men opportunity to play in postseason and and see see what they can do and give them that opportunity. What are your thoughts on? I think I think for sure the Sun Belt, but other conferences having that flex schedule at the end of the conference season. Yeah, I've I've heard that they were doing. I think the Sun Belt's the one I've heard the most about, obviously because it's in our region. Um, I haven't given it a whole lot of thought. I think it's kind of a interesting thing in that if I if I heard right, you could end up playing one team in your league four or five times in a season. Uh, if the flex, if you played them home and home, and the flex schedule thing changes at the end because you're one of the top, you know, top tier teams in the league, y'all play them again, and then you end up playing them again, maybe in the conference tournament. That's that seems like a lot of playing hmm. your top teams against each other. Um, you know, and so you know, I'm not sure I, I totally understand it first of all, or agree that it's that it's a good thing, but you know. Everybody has to look at it from their league's point of view and, and what they have to do to try to help themselves strengthen their the the view of of the of the the committee towards their league and that's obviously what this is geared towards is trying to trying to impress the committee with their top teams uh, being their their strength of schedule being high enough to be able to get them an extra bid into the into the NTA tournament. A few more things. Once again, I'm speaking with Ron Cottrell, head coach at HBU Houston Baptist University. Any thoughts on the NCAA's new metric that they called net to help uh, determine teams for the tournament? You know, I think anything that puts more weight on on outcomes of games and where the games played and and those kinds of things is better. I think so much so much of the the RPI was. Um, kind of behind-the-scenes computer stuff that, that people couldn't understand and grasp and realize why t- people were going up and down the way they were because of some formulas and stuff, whereas the, the net is more geared towards pure outcomes and things like that. Uh, so I think that's good. I think much like the transfer rule we were talking about earlier, we don't really know how it's all going to, you know, uh, flesh out in the next two or three years. I think there's probably still going to be some tweaking to this whole thing. Um, so it's, uh, you know, but I think it's good. I, I think anything that, that, that puts it out there where, where everybody knows kind of where they stand and what they've got to do and, and uh, you know, is, is good. And, and you know, I, I had long been a um, proponent of doing something with the RPI. I didn't think it was a true reflection. I think it it, it depended much more on tradition and, and who's been good in the past and 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 things like that as as opposed to teams as they stood in that given season. Are you big on analytics? I wouldn't say I'm big on it. I'm not certainly not a cutting edge at the forefront, got 
one person on my staff that that's all they do kind of guy, but we are using it more. I think you, you'd be foolish not to. I think we've got, uh, just like anybody, you know, most everybody else on Division One level, we've got software to be able to do a lot of analytics type things and look at lineups and look at uh, how different lineups uh, compare in, in their production and, and, you know, all kinds of different things. And, I, you know, uh, I, I'm – I, I would think I'm probably more techie uh, in some regard than, than a lot of coaches my age, but at the same time, certainly not as much so as the younger guys in the in the game. Uh, so, you know, my assistants will, will, will do a lot of stuff, and, and then we'll sit down and kind of talk through uh, what some of it is. But I think you still have to be a hands-on coach, and you have to make decisions based on people, not on stats. And, and um, you know, I, I'm – I just think you can use that as a tool, but it can't be the sole determining factor for how you play and, and how you run your program. Um, so I guess, I, you know, I I like it. I like having it there. I like being able to utilize it. I like being able to look at it and, and kind of see what it can, can do to help us. But certainly I'm not, I'm not chained to it, I guess, so to speak. And we're almost done. Thank you for your time as always. What? Sure. I believe, and please correct me if I'm incorrect, the Southland has a contract with ESPN slash now ESPN Plus. Is that right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and and that's a that's a interesting question. Actually, I think there are several schools that have particular contracts with them. Uh, Lamar, SFA, and I want to say Incarnate Word. I think. Um, and then the conference obviously does stuff within that with the conference tournament and things like that that are with ESPN. And, and then we do uh, several different avenues. Um, and, and certainly Russ and, and Renault and, and, and the people over in, in media relations and, and our broadcasting area would could answer that question much better than I can. But I think aren't your games – available on your website or some type of medium like that absolutely every every one of our home games are streamed uh on our website and you know it seems like every year there's maybe one or two road games that that for whatever reason aren't but pretty much everybody you you heard our schedule earlier pretty much everybody that we're playing is going to have some sort of uh tv for their games uh, and then pretty much everybody within our league does some sort of streaming as well i mean obviously tv has become um not not the unusual it has become the usual you 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 expect to be able to see uh your team's games if nothing else streamed on the internet and what are your thoughts on streaming have you come across parents or, you know, even players doing the recruiting trail. Uh, will I be able to watch my my son play on, oh, yeah. on whatever? Anytime you're recruiting someone outside the area, uh, we talked about the North Carolina deal. That That's, that's a, you know, one of the – I won't say one of the first, but it certainly is in the conversation pretty quickly about, you know, we're not going to be able to get to a lot of games. How are we going to be able to see our son play? And, and so we can talk them through, look, you're going to be able to see every game in Sharp Gym. Uh, through the internet and through streaming, and then the you know I'd say 95% of the of the road games you're going to be able to see, uh, and so that's certainly a part of the recruiting process and the recruiting pitch is to 
to let them know that that's going to be available. They're going to be able to, to watch every single game um, in some form or fashion. And as we wrap it up, just as always, as coaches and interviewees, invite people to come see you guys play this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's. I think people underrate the Southland Conference in the first place. I don't think they fully understand how good a league this is and, and the level of play that you get night in and night out in our league. I mean, it is a hard-nosed, tough, uh, athletic league that can compete with, with just about anybody in the country and, and have and beaten a lot of people. Uh, have you seen SFA? And what they've done, the NCAA tournament, and and, and that, those sorts of things. I mean, you, you you're seeing a very high level of Division One basketball when you come see a Southland game. And then the second part of that is, from our point of view, is Sharp Gym is a terrific place to watch a basketball game because it is small and intimate, and and right next to the court. Anywhere you sit in Sharp, you're going to be able to hear and see everything that goes on on the court. And to me, that's a great environment for someone. You're not sitting way up high and, and you can't really tell what's going on. You don't know when the whistle blew. You don't know what was really going on. You're going to be right there and be able to, almost like in the action when you come to our games and, and be able to see everything that's going on and experience Division One basketball in a way that you don't get in a lot of places. I mean, it, you know, Sharp is a unique place. Yes, it's small. Yes, it's older. Yes, there's a lot of things that people might say. Um, that aren't flattering, but in the same same way, people don't like coming and playing us here because it's a fun environment because it is loud, it is exciting. Uh, the fans are on top of, uh, of the action, and so it's uh, I think it's a unique experience to be able to come in Houston and see Division One basketball in an environment like ours. Uh, I think people come out and watch us play. They're gonna they're gonna want to come back and and see it again. Thanks very much, Coach Ron Cottrell, head coach at HBU Men's Basketball. Thank you for your time. Good luck this season. And I will try to come see you guys play a couple times this year. Thank you, Chris. You're invited anytime. We'd love to have you come out anytime you want to and, and see us play. Thanks very much, Coach. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.